1: Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
2: Hey, 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 it's 4.02 on the Tim DeMoss Show. It's our famous Friday program. It's also the seventh uh, um, September 11th. And of course, we want to do honor to that day. A lot to incorporate into today's program, and we're glad you're listening in. Uh, forecast calling for a kind of cloudy rest of the afternoon, a little bit of sunshine, maybe a shower. Eventually down to 61 tonight with some clouds. We do have a beautiful weekend ahead with a mix of clouds and sun in store for tomorrow, high of 75. And Sunday, kind of cloudy, might get a shower. A little sun expected later in the day. Sunday's high, 81. The Phillies lost last night. They'll try to get back on track. They're... About to get rolling on their first of two games tonight. five ten for the first one and 8-10 scheduled for game two. Uh, flyer Sean Couturier picking up the Selkie Trophy. That's a, a pretty prestigious award. He's uh, he's picking that up as the, the player, uh, the forward specifically, uh, recognized for defensive excellence. So he's not just trying to score a bunch of goals, but he also knows how to help out his team on D in a big way. What does that award mean to Sean Couturier?
3: It means, it obviously means a lot. It's, uh, it's a great award. It's, it's a great honor. I've always taken pride in, in playing a solid 200 foot game. So, uh, to be recognized by you know people around the league, um, it's, 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 it's really, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's a great honor and I have a lot of, uh, Old coaches and and uh, people growing up texting me congratulations, and they're really proud of uh, the, the, the the player I became and uh, you know there's uh, there's 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 a lot of uh, a lot of recognition going behind it obviously uh, you know a lot of coaches that helped me out throughout the years teammates uh, especially this year with uh, you know the, the the success that we had as a team it it just Made my, uh, my year personally a lot easier, and it's uh, without them, it, it, without my teammates, it, it wouldn't be uh, possible to have all the success I've had this year.
2: Very gracious comments there from Sean Couturier of the Philadelphia Flyers. They're out of the playoffs now, but he does pick up that Selkie award. Uh, as far as the other things going on, you have the uh, opening of the NFL season last night, San Francisco, sorry, Kansas City, uh, 34-20 over Houston. And then it's coming Sunday, a bunch of other games, including the Eagles. Brandon Graham from the Eagles talking about what their uh, what the anticipation is for Sunday and how ready they'll be. I'm expecting a high-intensity game because, you know, we we playing against a Redskins, NFC, NFC East opponent. I know at least I, I can speak for our team that we're going to be, you know, ready. We're going to be uh,
4: excited, feeding off each other, um, you know, trying not to do too much because, you know, uh, we do. We haven't had any real life game action, you
2: know, but uh, I do know that uh, we're going to be in there intense and ready to go. That's Brandon Graham of the Eagles, getting ready for Sunday's game at Washington, one o'clock today. We have a couple of special guests. One in just a second, but first, uh, let me let you know about the second guest, Kevin Max, formerly of DC Talk. He was with Audio Adrenaline for a time. And he has done a lot of solo albums as well. He's joined us a time or two in the past. I uh, sent him a message to just say, "Hey, can you hop on the program?" Because, among other things, when I think of nine eleven, I think of flight ninety three. I think of the song that DC Talk did together called "Let's Roll." You may be familiar that phrase that Todd Beamer uh, had said on the plane as they tried to help, uh, you know, grab control in the in the cockpit and. Um, So anyhow, uh, he said yes. So we'll have Kevin on a little bit later on in the program. Do encourage you not to get lost in the shuffle to continue helping out in our partnership with Save the Children, uh, 888-884-4836. If you want to help as we look to provide resources for U.S. school children. And um, we're talking food. We're talking breakfast, lunch, dinner, and educational help. $10 provides breakfast, lunch, dinner for a day for one child who has not uh, been able to get access to those things due to the coronavirus and not being able to be in school where they normally get those resources. Again, you can help out 888-884-4836, whether it's a, uh, you know, a simple gift, $5, $10, $20. could be 50 a 100 a 1000 whatever it is. It all adds up. We greatly appreciate those who have helped out. You can also go to WFIL.com uh, for that. We now bring aboard the world-famous National Treasure
5: yeah.
2: <laughs> Chris DeGaulle from our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990. The answer, host of the Philadelphia's Morning Answer with Chris DeGaulle show.
4: Only my reflection in the mirror calls me that.
2: Well, I had an email today that that says otherwise. National treasure. Wow. Yes.
4: that's
2: I'm, high, And it was a relative? or I might even read it. Well, I thought you paid this person to send an email, but they were commenting <laughs> on your program today.
4: Oh, well, that's nice. It's much better than maybe what we'll get some days. I don't know.
2: So despite being a national treasure, it's entirely possible that there are a couple people in the world who haven't heard of you. So I'll start there. (laughs) Chris hosts the the morning show on our sister station, and uh, it's a conservative news talk station. And this morning, uh, you had quite a program. We're going to get into that in a second. But I wanted to give you two dates. Date number one, February 2, 2020. O two two O two O, that's the date.
4: Come on, Chris. February second. T- oh, well, it's February second of this year. Yes. Was the Super Bowl? My gosh, yes. The Kansas City Chiefs became Super Bowl champions for the first time in fifty years.
2: Yes, you're in yeah. your in your lifetime. You'd never seen it before. Never had I seen it before. Never. No. You're,
4: yeah, my sons, my kid, we we yeah, my whole family got together to watch that.
2: So, your hometown
4: originally? Yes, is there. Born so. and raised there.
2: Right, and every day I walk by your office and I have to endure the KC Chiefs plate.
4: (laughs) It didn't used to uh, mean anything to anybody out here in Philadelphia because everybody said, Chiefs, whatever. I mean, nobody... Like, it didn't elicit in anyone an emotional response one way or the other. It was like, who are they? I don't care, whatever. Yeah, well... Then then Andy Reid goes there and they win a Super Bowl and that all changed. Yeah, so there's a
2: lot of ties between Philadelphia and Kansas City. And uh, the fact that you... Uh, yes, you know, grew up there doing some radio there. And then he came to Philly mm-hmm. and been with uh, 990, uh, our sister station, for almost a year now. How about that? Yeah. Obviously, you must have felt a lot of elation there. You're you currently wearing an Eagles shirt, which is nice. But... Yeah,
4: keeping it real. So they got the Chiefs got it over with last night, and so I moved on to the Eagles for Sunday.
2: Okay, so last night you watched a game. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the feeling of February second, 2020, which feels like another generation ago,
4: doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? The, the
2: elation of watching your hometown Chiefs finally win. Philly fans, you know, general thumbs up for Andy Reid, who coached here for 14 years, whatever it was. Different feeling last night watching the game. Yep. Starting with, I guess, a lot of the stuff happening around the game.
4: Yeah, and I just hate it. I was talking about this on my podcast today in a little more detail than I went into on the radio show because I didn't... I know a lot of people that listen to us on 990 have already decided if they were Eagles fans or NFL fans, they've long checked out professional sports has really done itself a disservice, at least with the folks that I think largely listen to our radio station. But I would say even more than that. I I think the population at large sports has been a respite. Sports has been something. A lot of people spend a lot of money on and have passion for, and they buy the, the apparel and it's an escape. Yeah, um, definitely. It's just been so swallowed, like everything's been swallowed by politics now. Everybody has to pick a side. and um, So, yeah, there are a lot of people that have said to me, I'm never going to watch it again. I've loved the Eagles all my life, never going to watch it again. I've never been quite that harsh. Yeah. My kids love it. I love to watch it with them. It's a unifying thing for the family. I've tried to look past the Kaepernick stuff and the Neil. I, okay, fine. If we can get through the National Anthem, that's still a game I want to watch. This time... <laughs> there was... Yeah, the national anthem.
2: I didn't watch the game. Yeah. Maybe you could speak to the fact that what you sat down your Barco lounger to watch last night all of a
4: sudden. Well, it was so much more. Now it's it's like dystopian because it's like it, not only is it the national anthem, it's, it's the lift every voice and sing before, and it's the George Floyd on the shirt during the anthem, and it's the one team that doesn't come out and one that stays in the locker room and then it's chris collinsworth giving us lectures about race that i don't need ever in my life i don't care what anything chris Collinsworth, whatever chris collinsworth thinks about you know cantaloupe i don't want to hear it (laughs) i talk about football that's it like and al michaels i felt like it was a tooth extraction watching that poor man (laughs) held hostage to talk about it yeah And then the pregame show, they're talking. So it's just lecture upon lecture upon layered lecture. And all the commercials are lecturing. And there's the pregame and the moment of silence. And then I find out, I'm kind of half in and out because I'm so frustrated. The socially distant, that's the other thing, COVID. So you've got 17,000 Chiefs fans allowed in the stadium. And all of them have got to be behind masks. Well, all the Kansas City fans have also been told, no more headdress, no more face paint, no more chop. (laughs) No more tomahawk. Racist, racist. You're all bigots. You're all racist. I mean, you have been inundated with this since February, and the Chiefs finally winning a Super Bowl. So now we're back, and now it's time to watch the game. And they have one more moment of silence for unity, and the Texans and the Chiefs, they come out and they link arms. And instead of going silent, the 17,000 fans at Arrowhead start booing. Boo! (laughs) Oh, man. Well, of course, now this is spun by the national media as Kansas City's a hotbed of a bunch of racists uh who hate black people and hate unity. No. NFL fans, those people were me last night. It had nothing to do with race or anything else. We're exhausted. Yeah. We're exhausted and we just want to watch a stupid football game. Can you please just let us <laughs> pass the unify around a, <laughs> some a chips game. and dip and <laughs> Yes. And Andy Reid's behind the face shield, and it's just, everything was it just everything was awful. Yeah. And my boys are still into it, and they're really into it. How and, old are they? They're-, they're fifteen and fourteen. Okay. And I'm sitting there trying to not be angry. I, I'm trying yeah. to not feel anger, and I can't not feel anger. And like the boys see. Dad, what's wrong? Why are you so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had that too with my kids. I don't know what to do with it. I have it. to I'm...
2: stop myself from lec- like lecturing no one in particular. <laughs>
6: yeah,
4: and I, I don't want to be the old guy on the porch. Arr, okay. yeah. This was the one thing my family had that we all could come together, and, and now that seems shot. And so, that, so that, that's how it was so silly. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, if you happened to watch it last night, it was like kickoffs getting ready, you know, and typically this is when the two of them would banter about what a matchup, and yeah. <laughs> Collinsworth goes up with this, well, I, you know, by golly, I got to tell you, I, for one, am glad these young men are standing up because the injustice in this country, and I don't care who knows it, by golly, I'm going to say it right off the It's like Keith Jackson right now. And I was like, you don't mean any of this. It's all superficial, like you're saying. I think he said it one point, I don't care who knows it. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't care. <laughs> Who so knows? Because know, you don't care.
2: Parenthetically, a lot of people don't like Chris Collinsworth yeah. as an announcer. I actually like him. I don't do have anything against him. But that
4: was so put on. Well, so
2: there's that. So yeah. we're dealing with all those things. Yeah. Um, let me throw you another date. All the right. other date, real quick. I right. know you got a got a weekend to enjoy here. Um, Friday, September 11, yeah. 2001. Another date, and you talked about that date on your show today.
4: Yeah. Uh, it, boy, everybody has one of those stories if you're a certain age. Although what's amazing is I, – so I was 23 years old when that happened, hmm. uh, 22. It was my first radio show. But it's amazing to me that there are people, kids, younger people listening to me now that have no recollection of it or, or were infants, right? Yes, yeah. And my kids certainly weren't around, so – I, that's odd that I'm now talking to people that don't know it at all, don't remember it. Hmm. That just doesn't seem possible, right? That anyone yeah. would not know. <laughs> right. It's because all point. of us of an age... I don't know. How young did you have to be that you would remember 9-11? 11 yeah. Elementary school? Probably. I would guess elementary school kids remember. My it.
2: kids were... I think my kids were 3-1. and one, So they, they wouldn't have... Or, yeah,
4: 3-1. and one. Like, and what's your earliest big news memory? Because I was thinking about this as a kid. I remember my earliest was... Uh, third grade elementary school, the Challenger Explosion. Okay. It's the earliest major news event that I remember from childhood. So I, yeah. I, was, I was, what, seven or eight in, when you're in third grade? So I'm trying to think about kids nine eleven nineteen 19 years ago. I don't know. But anyway. That's well,
2: funny. having an appreciation for it for sure. But I I know I saw the phone bank was pretty lit up today.
4: Yeah, it was busy today because everybody, it, you know, this elicits memories in everybody's hearts and minds, uh, you know, I happen to be on the radio doing, I was a. I was a, like you, I came from music, um, I was a DJ, and I was just doing a miserable, miserably failed morning show in Kansas City on a classic rock station, I had no business hosting it, awful, awful show, <laughs> terrible, miserable morning show,
2: but I was so you played excited. played all the songs
4: backwards, didn't you? You're right. No, I mean, <laughs> well, think about it, I'm 23, and I'm playing stuff that was literally twice my age then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm supposed to talk about it because, you know, classic rock people, that's the thing. Like you're supposed to talk about lifestyle.
2: L.E.D.'s like, a <laughs> right. What is this? No, this lot looks lot. pretty good.
4: And so I would tell stories. Like I like to tell stories on talk radio about my grandparents this or that. And my boss would literally have these meetings with me, the program director. You know, Chris, uh, when you talk about your grandparents, <laughs> uh, you, like they, did, they hated how young I was. I don't know why they hired. I guess me. they
2: were age. They made you feel the the age of the station. Also, you're going way too far back, and yep. you're emphasizing that you know, you're very young. That
4: I'm young and they're old, and yeah, yeah. And and I didn't have stories of sitting on the lawn when Zeppelin came to town, and yeah, yeah. like I didn't have those stories. Right. I just wanted to be funny on the radio, and I didn't even care about the music, which is like a cardinal sin in talker <laughs> in uh, Other classic than that, rock radio. It was, radio. Uh, oh, it was uh, destined for syndication. Awful. Oh, it was so horrible. And then, yeah, this happens. You where know, were you, where were you when nine eleven happened? I was we, on the air. You were on the air, mm-hmm. and I, you know, again, I'm a I'm a dumb kid with his first radio morning show, and you know the the response is we had a news station down the hall, so let's just join in progress our news station, and everybody just threw it to them. But you know, I'm a newly married guy with a new morning show, and there, it, what was terrible was the reaction days after 9/11 for music radio. At least mine was: just keep playing Foghat, just keep playing the Stones, <laughs> just just keep playing music, and shut up. Whatever you do, just keep playing tunes. And I instinctively thought to myself, "I, I this feels wrong. Really? I want to talk about it." Like I. I don't understand what happened. I'm mad. I'm hurt. I'm scared. People are mad and hurt and scared. And I knew no one cared to listen to yeah. Aerosmith. But that's what the mandate was? That was the mandate. Just really? keep playing music. Don't talk about it. Chris DeGall's our guest in studio. He's the
2: morning host in our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990. The Answer does the uh, Philadelphia's Morning Answer with Chris DeGall program, weekday morning 6 till 9. Quick break. We keep our conversation rolling. Also, Kevin Max formerly of DC talk and audio adrenaline going to hop on with us, talk about a new record he's done. It's called revisiting this planet. It's a tribute kind of remix of re, redone album of the classic Larry Norman, uh, album, uh, only visiting this planet. So we're looking forward to that, that and much more coming up. You're listening to the Tim DeMau show, AM 560 and uh, WFIL.com as well as on the WFIL app. Thanks for hanging out today.
1: You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.
2: It's 420 on the Tim Demoss show on WFAL. Thank you for tuning in. Chris DeGall, our guest, uh, first of two today on uh, 9-11. We we're talking a little football, a little politics, a little, you know, stuff that's going on. with the NFL season kicking off last night and the Eagles having their first game this coming Sunday afternoon and the rest of the season underway. Uh, but let's flip the su- subject to 9-11. And specifically this morning, uh, you had uh, you know, quite a show. I saw the phone bank there. And uh, just uh, do you have a story uh, or anything that particularly, you know, in particular stood out for you this morning? W-
4: wonderful uh, call today in the 6 o'clock hour, the first hour. If you do have the chance and want to listen to, I think a really interesting, at least back half hour was 6.30 to 7 today, the first hour of the the show at 990theanswer.com. Yeah. Uh, a guy named Brian, he's been a listener of ours for a long time. He's, he's an American citizen now, but he's originally from Ireland. Hmm. Uh, a transplant from Ireland in 1998 to New York City. And he described in... 2001 that day being in a coffee shop I'm not exactly sure where he said he was but he he said he remembered the roar of the jet engines the military jets scrambling overhead and that sense of feeling and then watching firefighters and police rushing past to the scene of uh, the catastrophe and and it he, it just brought him to tears. He's a very funny guy. He's a regular caller, uh, not a particularly guy-prone Irish fighting kind of. He likes to joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he he broke up. He really he really broke up because he uh, he was trying to express to me um, the the goodness, the bravery, the tenacity, the the sense of here comes back up. Something awful happened, but. But the power, the might, the the will, the American way of cops and firefighters and our military coming in said it gave him chills. He he broke down. Mm. You know, he'd only been here for four years and wasn't even an American yet. Uh, but he shared that righteous anger uh, about that day. And uh, he called in response to my sharing that I, that was the first time I learned that Americans view things like that differently. Some Americans looked at that and said, well, what did we do to deserve it? And we really ought to temper our uh, reaction to it. We ought not get too angry. And hmm. and other Americans said, "Now who do we need?
7: <laughs> who do yeah. we need to go kill?" You know, yeah, right?
4: Right. I was the latter. Um, it was just such a demarcation point in my life, and it was clearly for Brian, uh, who was an Irish immigrant at that time. It was a demarcation point for him as an American. I this to me, this date will always be a dividing line. Uh, and I don't necessarily mean it as a divisive political thing, but, I mean, it, it's a it's a demarcation point. It tells you a lot about who you are as an American, what you think about the country, hmm. um, I think. I think it's a def- definitional moment in time for people and the way they feel about the country.
3: That's great. Be.
2: That's great. Well, that's a dose of Chris DeGaulle uh, for folks tuning in. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFAL. Again, he hosts 6 to 9 each weekday morning on Philadelphia's AM 990, the answer. And, you know, for folks who have listened to this program any length of time, we don't do a lot of politics per se, although you're better for it. (laughs) Well, it's a, you got to be careful when you wander (laughs) in those waters, uh, especially on the, you know, Christian format station that FIL is. So the folks aren't like, well, you're a pro this, you're pro that, and, or whatever. Um, but it, I think also we should be involved to a degree. And so, uh, for example, like it was just earlier this week, we had a gentleman named Randall Wenger on from mm-hmm. the uh, Independence Law Count, uh, Center in Pennsylvania and Harrisburg talking about the telemedicine bill. Anyway, so we'll dabble on that. But,
4: but in the end – I, have- I know God loves Democrats, even if I don't vote with them. <laughs> yes. I reluctantly yes. see that God also loves Democrats.
2: So, so I,
4: <laughs> I'm just having fun.
2: Yes, I know. Every weekday, six to nine—that's where you can get it. Uh, I'll close with this this little email here I got this morning. At 7.30 from a gentleman named John.
4: That always makes me nervous when Tim says, I got an email from a listener about you. <laughs> oh, I
2: did no. read this to Chris earlier today, but the reaction was every line is like, but. Yeah. but. <laughs> always,
4: this sounds like a wind-up to, but. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so, really angry.
2: Mr. DeMoss, I have been a fan of Degall for several years and added 9.90 back to my daily schedule from day one. Chris Degaulle is an important part of my life, adding knowledge, perspective, and joy to my day.
4: But, but, yeah, that's what I, really. This is, and this is usually the part where they say, "But today's the last straw." And, and then
2: when he goes today, September 11th, I'm like, <laughs> right. he's about to say he crossed
4: the line. Right. He did. What I say? What I say
2: is is an important day in our country's history, and Chris messed it up. No, and a very emotional day. Chris's treatment of 9-11 this morning, I'm still waiting, (laughs) was sensitive, (laughs) intimate, inviting, caring, emotional, intelligent, respectful, and very deeply moving. Chris brought me back to the thoughts, emotions, and journey I went through on 9-11 and the months and years that followed. His clarity of thought and caring way of presenting puts Chris in a league all his own. Philadelphia is blessed to have his voice. Chris de Gaulle is a national treasure. Wow. We are very lucky to have in our lives, sincerely John. And so I open our little chat with the introduction of Chris DeGaulle National Treasure. That's where that reference came from. And,
4: and <laughs> we cannot verify that John isn't relative of some kind. We don't know. Wait, it's
2: Nicolas Cage. No, yeah. that's a,
4: <laughs> John, No, that's I mean, what do you say to that except thank you? That's, yeah. that's humbling. Uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, that's the special thing that I've always loved about talk radio. That's, that's why I feel like the Lord led me to it, because I'm able to—I'm ju- I'm glad he felt that way. and yeah. It's humbling, but I—it's just freeing to be able to speak your piece and speak your mind and talk like we do. On AM 990, the answer. Yeah. So thank you for responding to it that absolutely,
2: way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, I'm glad you could stop in and, and share and let people get to hear your voice. Chris will jump on the show here every every few months just to Thanks
4: for having touch me.
2: It's, uh, it's good to – no, it's good to have. It's good to let people know it's available to them. Your program is going to be turning one November hmm, – Like first? Like election day almost. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, right Honestly. That's yeah. <laughs> right.
4: It's true. I think, we, I think we actually started like November 1st or 2nd or something. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and the program I do here is gonna be turn just turn two. Is
4: that right? Yes, yeah, so they
2: were both cute and toddling around.
4: Um <laughs> how what's your what's your anniversary? <laughs> September here? six. For the show. Yeah. You but you've had a long history here. Yeah, but, yeah, but
2: yeah. The, coming back and doing talk because this, this program is a talk program. I did music my whole life.
4: Yeah. So you're the same. So the
2: first well, the first week when the show was taking shape, first couple of weeks, I'm like, All right, so um how's everybody doing? Well, see you later. No, I mean, I really I'm used to talking in and out of songs. Sure, interviews for five or ten minutes, play a song or two. <laughs> right. So, in a particular day, if you don't have anything to talk about,
4: isn't that weird?
2: You're like, I'll just play extra songs. Yeah. But on a day where you have a show where all you're doing is talking, it's you know. like, man, uh, <laughs> I think I like uh, the pink flavored uh, pop tarts best, and then yes. I'm done.
4: <laughs> it's it's funny because people think, oh, t- you talk for a living, and that sounds fun and easy. And I, I'm not saying it's hard, but when you first do it. You think, oh well, I've got plenty to say, uh, and then somebody says, "Here's twelve, fifteen minutes. Go." <laughs> yeah. Your, your tendency is to spit it all out in about four. Yeah,
2: yeah, and then, then you're like, hey, "Can we go commercial <laughs> right now?" <laughs>
4: now, what do I say? I'm out. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it, it it so and that and that's but but my point was that having you on was very intentional for nine ninety to have. We have some wonderful hosts that are, but they're national in scope. Right. We wanted to have a program specifically in the morning. Where people can call and do exactly what they did today—call yes. and talk, you know, to you directly—and yes. have a full-blown Philadelphia area feel, and especially yes. being so close to New York with 9/11, that much more important.
4: Yes. I love it. There's just nothing better than talk radio that for that. And so I'm uh, I'm glad that we can be a little local corner slice of life on the on the station every day.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. go enjoy your weekend.
4: Thank you, man. Good to see you.
2: Sure thing. Go go Eagles. All right, that's Chris DeGaulle, <laughs> Philadelphia's Morning Answer, uh, on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM nine ninety the answer. Brief break, back with more on WFIL.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM five sixty WFIL and WFIL.com.
2: It's 4.32 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. Full sun, kind of cloudy, balance of the day, down to 61 eventually. Mix of clouds and sun. Beautiful day tomorrow, 75 the to high. Sunday on the cloudy side. Shower possible, sun in the afternoon and a high of 81. Phillies lost uh, 7-6 to Miami last night, but they're trying to get back at it tonight. Start at five ten. They have a second game at eight ten. Uh, NFL started season last night. Kansas City last year's Super Bowl champions. Actually, this year happened in February. 34-20 over Houston. The Eagles open up at Washington on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Their, uh, their center, Jason Kelsey, on a Zoom call a bit earlier today. What's it going to be like? You didn't have any preseason games. Everything's so different without a chance to really get to full speed. What do you expect on Sunday? To
7: the quality of play, I guess we'll find out. You know, I don't really, you know season going into an NFL season without playing any preseason games so I don't really know what's going to happen um, you know obviously there's been less time to prepare um, you know I still feel like we've gotten a lot of work in and feel pretty good about things but um, you know obviously you know we'll find all that out on Sunday um, and then as far as the crowd noise you know we, we replicated it a little bit at the length during one of our scrimmages um, supposedly there's a set noise limit. And Washington, I don't believe, is allowed to have fans yet. So it should be pretty much at that set limit. Um, so I think we have a pretty good understanding for what that's going to be. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, obviously they're running a completely different defense. It's a completely different coaching staff. So, you know, we got to be ready for, uh, for anything. You know, obviously, you know, Rivera was in Carolina for a long time, Jack Del Rio in Oakland. You know, we have some tape on some places they've been in the past, but whenever it's a new coaching staff in a new area uh, with new guys working together, there's always going to be uh, some new wrinkles. So, uh, you know, we just got to be ready for anything. It's one of those games where I'm sure there'll be in-game adjustments and there'll be a lot of communication. And, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, this is you know part of playing a team that doesn't have any film out there yet.
2: That's Eagles uh, center Jason Kelsey. And uh, the Eagles getting ready again for their kickoff Sunday afternoon at one, taking on Washington today. Uh, obviously a big day, a somber day, a solemn day. September 11, twenty uh, twenty. Now at twenty o one, of course, nineteen years ago today, when uh, when the attacks occurred. And uh, one of the songs actually that came out of that is a song called "Let's Roll" by DC Talk. And Kevin Max of DC Talk actually taking time to join us today. How you doing, Kevin? I'm
6: doing good, Tim.
2: Yeah, thank you for taking time today. Um, you know, as soon as I was thinking about today's date, the, one of the things that comes to mind for me about 9-11 being in the music world is the, the song Let's Roll. And uh, in your days with DC Talk, you guys came out with that song. Just share, if you would, for a minute uh, where you were on 9-11 and then how that eventually turned into uh, the song Let's Roll.
6: Yeah, well, um, as far as the, the member of DC Talk, the Remembers the most, you've got the worst guy. So just let me know. (laughs) Okay. My my memory is just not great when it comes to, uh, you know, facts on this song. But um, That's fine. I definitely remember where I was on on September 11th. And um, I was actually downtown Nashville at the Hermitage Hotel. Hmm. Um, Strangely enough, we had had a party there. Uh, A couple nights before with some good friends, and we all decided to uh, stay at the hotel for a couple of nights and see downtown with them, show them downtown, the whole thing. And so I woke up in the hotel room by myself and saw uh, all this stuff on the news that was unbelievable, and I I honestly, man, um, the, the feelings that I had at that time, it's just, it's just hard to, you know, it's hard to explain the, the initial wave of shock that goes over you, that this is actually happening. And, and, uh, you know, um, being in Nashville at the time, I was getting ready to shoot a video, um, for stereotype B and we were actually going to go overseas to shoot it. And I think we were going to actually shoot the video in Barcelona, Spain, Mm-hmm. And because of nine eleven, then we, you know, we couldn't even fly out of the country, um, and so uh, I remember right in the middle of, you know, being making the record, you know, showing friends around downtown, families in town, the whole thing, and this happens and it just kind of sidelined everything. And Absolutely. but it was good to have family and friends around during that time because you know it just it kind of brought everybody together in a strange way. And as you know, I mean, the city itself, I mean, people just kind of locked arms and rebuilt, carried on. But that's a huge hole that will always be in the heart of America, for sure.
2: Kevin Max with us, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. with DC Talk for a number of years, obviously, uh, many years, and then Stereotype B you're referring to. I guess that was the first album that you did on your own, and you have a, how is it, up to 15 or 18 now? I can't keep track anymore. But... uh, (laughs) <laughs>
6: it's, it's, I'm actually, yeah. I did my, I did a, I did my 18th wow. album, I think, um, and the Larry Norman tribute record is coming out, you know, in this this next month. Yes, I think that makes makes it 19. So wow, well, pretty crazy, man. Let's talk yeah. about that
2: for a second too. Uh, revisiting this planet, um, you know, this has been in the make. I, I was part of one of their Facebook groups, and I've heard you talk about this for quite some time. How long has has uh, Visiting this planet and in the in the works really
6: we've been well basically I've thought about doing this project for years that you know um, one of those kind of strange things that that hits my mind and it just won't kind of leave, and it kind of kept bugging me like you know you <laughs> yeah. should do this project, and then I would talk to myself in a series of different voices as I usually do and refute that question and just say, "No, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't touch a timeless work of art and try to mess with it but um i did a show about four years ago or three years ago in portland oregon and it was acoustic show it was just me and two other guys and after the show this guy came up to me and started talking to me and said man i loved your show and i love your version of the outlaw and uh, i'm larry norman's son Hmm. and i'm like oh wow so we went out that night in Portland with his wife and me and the band and we all kind of sit around and talked and he just kind of like, let me know that, you know, he was a huge fan of the music and, and all of that, but just how much Larry talked about me and uh, Larry and I did have a friendship beyond DC talk, which was really cool. I had Larry uh, sing on my first solo album actually around the same time that, you know, 9-11 happened right before that. Wow. So Anyways, when Mike Norman told me, hey, you know, you should do this record, because I told him, I said, I've been wanting to remake your dad's record forever, you know, do you think he'd like that? And, and he said, well, you're the guy to do it. My dad would have loved this, you know. Yes. And so it just further confirmed to me that I should do it. And yeah, it's taken us about a year to finish it, um, which is a long time for me, because I usually finish a record in a couple of weeks. Hmm. We uh, took our time and we did it right. And we brought some of the uh, people together that not only supported the record through Generosity Rock, a great campaign, but we had, you know, a lot of people that spoke into it, that talked about Larry, that um, definitely having Mike Norman there, Larry's son, giving me advice along the way was great. Talked to Larry's brother quite a bit, Charles Norman. Yeah. And uh, some of Larry's friends. We had the original drummer, Alex McDougall, who... uh, It was with Larry at Drums in the early days. Really? And we we interviewed him. Yeah. And um, it was super cool to just kind of talk and reflect with a lot of people that have been involved in Larry throughout the years. So anyways, we just released this last night to all the donors and the people that supported the campaign. So there's over 350 or 400, no, 450 people that donated towards the project and uh, they all got the masters from the record last night wow so i think we'll turn this out to streaming services and radio and everything else like in about a month okay um so that's kind of what it's looking like but
2: yeah well let me ask you this i mean obviously this is an album i think we're about the same age grew up on this album you know obviously why should the devil have all the good music folks know that one and uh i wish we'd all been ready and of course dc talk days had done that uh, and then many other songs readers digest i love a lot uh the outlaw you mentioned why don't you look into jesus there's so many great songs on the album Um, I'm sure that must've been a real treat for you to work on the whole thing and take each song, you know, by one by one with care. Um, when you talk radio world, which is, you know, another animal altogether, as far as a single or something like that, uh, we don't have to think it that direction, but is there a song on here that you maybe, whether you had to wrestle with it the most, or just, you really appreciate doing it the most out of all of them that, that you, you we could maybe give it, give it a spin or, or get it and put it
6: on. Sure. Well, you do know that the record is in the library of Congress for albums. I mean, it's, uh, It's one of the most influential classic rock records of all time. And so the songs that we chose to be on it, you know, were all the original songs from the record. We didn't try to um, create anything. Uh, I did one bonus track where I sang on a, or I wrote and I sang on a song called uh, um, God Part 4, which was kind of an answer to Larry's God Part 3 on a completely separate project. But out of all the songs on the record, man, the most difficult one for me was actually Pardon Me because I sang that song Hmm. uh, with no click track. Um, I was singing just to John Painter's horns, so there wasn't any backbeat of a drum or anything around. And uh, it's such a spacious song that it was difficult to get the timing exactly correct, you know. Um, But I think we nailed it. My favorite song... On the record, by far, is The Outlaw. It's always been my favorite song. Um, But I'm most proud of Why Don't You Look Into Jesus. I love how we completely changed that one. We kind of David Bowie Lou readed it a little bit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we brought some glam rock to, uh, you know, Only Visiting This Planet.
2: Wow. That's great. And so, again, the folks happen to be part of the uh, Generosity Rocks Project. They have a copy for the rest of the uh, the world they have to wait um as far as when it becomes available, maybe a month or so from now you you're just thinking
6: um probably it, it might no more than a month, okay, but we wanted to get the um the album out first, the people that donated, yeah, and the people that donated are actually gonna get some bonus tracks too that nobody else is gonna hear, so you know, but as far as getting out there' to so streaming services, okay, you know um probably a month, and well, we're actually doing vinyl too, so sweet. Anybody that's interested in vinyl can go to kevinmax.com and we make that vinyl um, available. It'll be out there, man. All right. Kevin
2: Max, our guest. Quick break. We'll keep things rolling here. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. We're chatting about 9-11, chatting about the new album he's worked on. Also, revisiting this planet. Back with more in just a moment. Thanks for listening in today. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live
1: and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Weekday afternoons, 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL. And at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues.
5: Do you know? Do you know?
2: Do you know where you come It's 447 of The Tim DeMoss Show. Kevin Max, formerly of DC Talk, and this band, and a number of other musical endeavors over the other Solo work as well. Chatting about the new album, Revisiting This Planet. Back to 9 11 for a moment. The day I, I was on the radio that day, that morning, and the last song of my show, happened to be a song by a band that you were in for a time, Audio Adrenaline, for, I guess, uh, several years, right? That was yes. It was pre-that, but are you familiar? I don't know if you ever would have, when you were in concert, uh, did the song DC-10? Are you familiar? Yeah,
6: we never performed that one when I was with them. I mean, when I, when I joined Audio Adrenaline, it was really to raise money uh, and support for Haiti yeah. and Hands and Feet Foundation. Yep. And it was really about that new record that you know, that I wrote with a few few other people. So Kings and Queens was really the only reason I was there. But yeah, we played old songs for sure. We just never did DC 10, which yeah. is a really fun tune for sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it is, but the lyrics yeah. of it and the reason I picked it was because I had to hit a, a program at 9 a.m. We'd stop the music and we did, went to ministry programs and I had to have a batch of songs that were two or two or three minutes long at the most to fit the very end of the program. I had about 10 of them. And I happened to pick that one that day and the lyrics to that song, I mean, are just so spot right when I'm playing it. That's when the, the, the planes are hitting the towers. And, you know,
7: wow.
2: Yeah. You know, so I think the opening says, Do you know if a DC 10 ever fell on your head and you're laying on the ground all messy and dead, or Mac Mack truck run over you or suddenly die in your Sunday pew? Do you yep. know where you're going to go? So, yeah, uh, very it's a scary day. But uh, anyhow, just uh, thought I'd bring that, that reference yeah,
6: I in. I think they would, they would, uh, Probably agree that sometimes you write a song that you don't know if it's prophetic or not, but it, it ends up kind yeah. of ringing true, and that's um, certainly what it's like for only visiting this planet. And Larry, yeah, who spoke out against the establishment quite a bit, and uh, was on the side of Jesus. It's pretty cool. Amen. You know.
2: Amen. Do you remember? Did you did when? Uh, just one last P.S. question with the with the Let's Roll song. Did you did DC Talk perform that at some point for a little while or? Did you ever perform it with with the group in concert? Which which song? Let's roll on a one-off or
6: anything like that? Did... We never we never performed that song live. We never did Let's Let's Roll live. Okay. It was literally a one-off song that we recorded just for 9/11. So Yeah. It was um and like I told you I've got a horrible memory when it comes to this tune. <laughs> I remember going in and singing on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't remember much. Surrounding it. Sure. Um, well, at that You point... know, you got to remember, too, we were all kind of going solo. Right. And and uh, I'm not 100% sure on who wrote the song t- in total. Yeah. Um, so it could have been Toby and a couple other people. I definitely wasn't one of the songwriters on that one. Um, I had just written Stereotype B. Yep. And it took me a while to get all those songs out. But yeah, looking back on it now, it's an interesting song for sure. I mean, it's got a it's got an energy about it that that is kind of undeniable.
2: That's a great word.
6: Um and I think that we were uh we were very earnest and sincere about, you know, writing a track that could, you know, commemorate and, and honor the people that that stood up and and uh you know, tried to defend what was happening yeah Todd, Todd Beamer one of
2: the well-known names I mean that, that's all very local to the you know greater Philadelphia area and where flight 93 was and everything like that with out, out western Pennsylvania so um and I know yeah well that's that's uh yeah that's a great word and the energy uh and it's a very strong song and um so and unbeknownst to people, you know, I'm sure there are artists all the time lending their voices to things and different things in different places. And not always in one room all together at the same time. So it's not uncommon that that could be, could have been the case.
6: Well, yeah. In the case of DC talk, I mean, we were, we were already kind of going our separate ways as solo artists. And, uh, you know, even though 2000 in 2001, I think 2001, we put out the solo EP, correct? Yeah. I can't remember. And, uh, you know, so that was that was a very interesting time for the three of us because we were all kind of growing massively as artists. That's right. And uh, again, like I just remember being downtown at Hermitage, you know, because a lot of my friends and family were in town, and we were showing showing them the city. And I decided to book a bunch of rooms there. And and uh, Hermitage Hotel is my favorite hotel. They've got like a really great restaurant. Um, in the uh, bottom level of the hotel. Okay. And I just remember watching it, you know, on my TV. As I woke up, I was by myself, and all this stuff happened, and everybody started ringing in my room, you know? Yeah. Can you believe this? And I'm like, I just don't even know if it's if it's real. And, you know, there's obviously people out there who still don't think it was real. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like landing on the moon, you know? Was it, was it real? Yeah. But anybody that visits New York City and those people that were attached to it, know that it's unfortunately all too real
2: kevin thanks for taking time today really appreciate you carving out some time on this day and um as far as the album again and in general folks want to keep up with you and your music simply kevinmax.com is that the best way to go
6: about it would you say pretty simple i mean if you go to kevinmax.com all the all the um connections are there to twitter and yeah facebook and instagram and whatnot i i talk a lot on twitter and so uh, that's probably the most place, <laughs> the one place that I talk the most. Okay. And uh, I can it pretty, uh, you know, pretty straightforward on Twitter. So anybody who wants the straight, the straightforward version of Kevin Max, just go to <laughs> twitter.com forward slash Kevin Max.
3: That's great. God
2: bless you, Kevin. Thanks for checking in. It's great to hear your voice Thank again. Thank you, Kim. Keep up
6: the good work. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.
2: Kevin Max, The Tim DeMoss Show, the new album, Revisiting This Planet. Quick break. We want to wrap up on a uh, special note here. Thanks for listening in today. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest
1: you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at wfil.com.
5: Every passenger and crew member on the plane had a life filled with love and joy, friends and family radiant hopes, and limitless dreams. When the plane was hijacked, they called their families and learned that America was also under attack. Then they faced the most fateful moment of their lives. Through the heartache and the tears, they prayed to God. They placed their last calls home. They whispered the immortal words, I love you. Today those words ring out across these sacred grounds and they shine down on us from heaven above. When terrorists raced to destroy the seat of our democracy, the 40 of Flight 93 did the most American of things. They took a vote and then they acted. Together they charged the cockpit. They confronted the pure evil. And in their last act on this earth, They saved our capital. In this Pennsylvania field, the 40 intrepid souls of Flight 93 died as true heroes.